In 2009, the painter Kehinde Wiley flies to Brazil. He's there to make some portraits in his signature style, painting brown-bodied men in the heroic manner of old European portraits, like Napoleon on his horse. So he goes looking for some models. He looks in the favelas, the poor neighborhoods in the hills around Rio, and he finds some young men who agree to pose. Now, Wiley had seen a heroic statue in Rio of a naked man with wings. He looks like Icarus, the god who flew too close to the sun. It's not a hard statue to spot. It's right outside the airport. In fact, the monument is dedicated to the guy that the airport is named after, a guy named Alberto Santos Dumont. He's one of the most famous people in Brazil. Because in Brazil, if almost nowhere else, Santos Dumont is considered the first person ever to fly. He's depicted on the monument, just below the naked man with wings. He appears as a young man with a mustache. Eyes cast down, he looks like he just dropped his ice cream cone. But the really interesting thing about this monument is that there are several more guys at the naked man's feet, and they're crumpled up, dead, supposedly, from failed attempts to fly. So, Wiley asks his models if they'd like to pose as this statue, and they say yes, sure. Wiley takes their photo and paints them, and now there's a painting in the Minneapolis Institute of Art, this huge, incredible picture of two brown-bodied young men in shorts and t-shirts, staring out at you. But here's the thing. They're crumpled on the ground. The models wanted to be the dead guys. The ones who didn't make it. This is The Object, produced by the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Today, a story of racism and the race for human flight of incredible faith in the human spirit, and a poignant reminder that what goes up must come down. I'm Tim Gehring. It's 1891, and Alberto Santos Dumont has just moved from Brazil to Paris. He's 18 years old, and he's rich. His parents owned a coffee plantation back in Brazil, and now they're here in Europe with their family and all the profits. So Alberto starts looking for something to do, because he doesn't really have to do anything. He begins racing motorized tricycles, which are not the tricycles you're thinking of. They're for big people, okay? But that's not interesting enough for Santos Dumont. So he starts building hot air balloons. The French are kind of reluctant to work with him at first. He's young. He's small, just a little over five feet tall, maybe a hundred pounds. He's from South America. And he's kind of a dandy, going around the cafes in a high-collared shirt and a droopy white Panama hat. But he finds a couple of balloonists to help him build his first gas bag as they called the balloon part, and he names it the Brasil. 
It's a lot of fun being Santos Dumont. It's a lot of fun being the friend of Santos Dumont. He's flying around with a picnic of cheese and ice cream and cake and champagne, which is extra bubbly, actually, at the heights they're ascending. But this still isn't interesting enough. So he attaches a car engine to a balloon, and he reshapes the balloon so it's more like a fat cigar. And he puts a rudder on it so he can steer. He's created an airship, a dirigible, a a blimp. He makes one after the other. And he calls them number one, number two, number three, etc. As he's making them better and safer and faster. In 1900, Santos Dumont is the only person in the world flying around in an airship. Airship number five slams into a hotel in Paris. Santos Dumont is suspended in the air with his busted machine until some firemen rescue him. But airship number six, this, he ends up flying around the Eiffel Tower in 1901. And now, Santos Dumont is famous. Gets Louis Cartier, the jewelry maker, to make him one of the first wristwatches so he can easily tell time while he's flying around. And he builds a small, personal-sized airship that he can sail right down the boulevards of Paris and tie up on a lamppost outside a cafe like it's some kind of horse. And then he goes in for lunch. He starts having these aerial dinners, too, at his house. At first, he hangs the table and chairs from the ceiling with wire. So you're sitting up there, suspended, trying to eat. But the ceiling collapses. So instead, he builds these dinner tables and chairs with really long legs. So the chair's on the ground, but you're sitting 10 feet in the air. He says he just wants to share the experience of flying. He doesn't take any money from flying, from prizes or patents. He gives a lot of it to the poor, actually. He thinks of flying as a gift to the world, a kind of great equalizer that will bring us all together. As if, once we pull ourselves off the ground, all that earthly pettiness will fall away and we'll be free. Eventually, he gets around to airplanes, which is the big prize, right? Now, he knows about the Wright brothers across the pond and their experiments with flying. But they're nobodies from Dayton, North Carolina, because no one really knows what they're up to. So, one morning in 1906, Santos Dumont wakes up, puts on his high-collared shirt and tie, and hauls this biplane he built into a field near Paris, gets in, takes off. It flies about 200 feet, maybe 16 feet off the ground. A thousand people watch him do it. It's filmed. You can watch it on YouTube. It's the first real flight of an airplane, says everyone who was there. But here's the thing. The Wright brothers had made their first flight in 1903, three years earlier. So, what's going on? 
Well, it turns out there's a lot of reasons why people wanted to elevate Santos Dumont. The Wright brothers were kind of in secret. They didn't want their ideas stolen. Santos Dumont published his designs. He wanted everyone to know about airplanes so they could set themselves free. Brazilians had their own reasons for celebrating Santos Dumont, and they still do. They had only been a republic for a few years when Santos Dumont made his first flight. They were still thought of in Europe and the U.S. as being a kind of colony, backwards. And here's Santos Dumont, the elegant dreamer, the toast of the skies. That meant a lot to Brazil, and still does. Textbooks there say he was the first to fly, and they have a point. Think about it. If you run the 100-yard dash faster than anyone ever has, but no one knows about it but you and your buddies, who cares, right? It doesn't really count. Do it in the Olympics? Now that's a different story. And that's what Santos Dumont basically did. He flew for the judges. He won a prize. But whatever. In the early 1900s, the United States takes this honor and gives it to the Wright brothers. And almost no one else cares. Because winning, it turns out, isn't everything. It actually matters how you play the game. And Santos Dumas knows how to play. In fact, when the Wright brothers make their first flight, their own local newspaper says, Dayton boys emulate great Santos Dumont. Maybe they were first, but he's the best. Okay, so it's 1910 now, and Santos Dumont has built a plane small enough to carry around in the back of his car. But he's flying it one day, and it snaps, a hundred feet in the air. He falls, and a doctor says he has multiple sclerosis. He stops flying. Then World War I happens. Airplanes are now war machines. The thing he thought would save the world is helping tear it apart. In 1920, he sails to Rio de Janeiro and digs his own grave. Literally, he digs a hole in a cemetery, gets a replica made of a statue of himself, something that was put up in Paris a long time ago, so he can put it by the hole. And he transfers the remains of his parents to his own grave, leaving a little room between them for himself. And then he goes back to Europe. He makes a few more inventions, like some motorized skis to carry himself up a mountain and a slingshot to shoot a life preserver out from a boat. But mostly, he's in and out of sanatoriums. In 1928, he goes back to Brazil. He's feeling a little better. And the Brazilians are ready for him. He's been forgotten in much of the world, but here, he's still a hero. His ship pulls into Rio, and a plane flies overhead. It's carrying a dozen of Brazil's most prominent scientists as a tribute to the great aviator. And then it explodes. His country's greatest scientific minds are all dead. He never gets over this. And in a few years, when Brazil, too, is using airplanes to blow itself apart, 
in a civil war. Santos Dumas feels even worse. He blames himself for helping invent this thing. And one day, he pulls out two red ties he used to wear while flying around Paris and hangs himself. The medical examiner who comes to see him cuts out his heart, and he keeps it in a jar of formaldehyde. Eventually, it goes on display in Brazil's Air and Space Museum, inside a gold-plated globe of the heavens, held by a statue of a man much like Icarus, his arms raised to the sky. We know what happens, of course, when Icarus flies too close to the sun. He falls. He dies. Like the men crumpled up on the statue in Rio. But at least he reached the sun. He got there when no one thought he should. This has been The Object Podcast, produced by the Minneapolis Institute of Art. I'm Tim Gearing. Find us on the web at artsmia.org. Send us feedback. Leave us a review on Stitcher or Google, or wherever you happen to be listening. And thank you. <laughs>